0: What happens with third-party delivery from here? Hello, I'm Jonathan Mays, Editor-in-Chief of Restaurant Business, and in this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, I am joined by Joe Guskowski, Senior Technology Editor for Restaurant Business, for a wide-ranging discussion on delivery. The service took off during the pandemic, providing a lifeline for many restaurants. But as we saw with recent news on McDonald's new tiered pricing structure with DoorDash, much about delivery remains in flux. Can restaurants be profitable with delivery? That remains an open question. Can the delivery companies themselves be profitable? That too remains uncertain. Maybe most important, where do delivery sales go now? With prices for delivery orders high and inflation a growing concern, consumers could start opting for fewer delivery orders once they are able to return to restaurants. Joe has been writing extensively about this topic for the past year. We talk about all of it on this week's episode, so please have a listen. All right. I am here with Joe Guskowski. Joe, welcome again to the podcast, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. So uh, I guess I wanted to have you on the podcast this week because you've been writing some interesting stuff on restaurantbusinessonline.com on delivery and some interesting elements. And the headline, as I recall, for one of them was, you know, restaurants may not have to have delivery. Now, I just butchered your own headline. And, you know, explain why a restaurant might not necessarily want to have delivery, even after a pandemic in which the demand just took off.
1: Basically, because if you're talking about the average third-party delivery, Grubhub, DoorDash, Uber Eats order, um, it's likely that you're losing money on those orders. Mm -hmm. Uh, The story I wrote, which was, yeah, it was why some restaurants might want to ditch delivery, Um, It was using some numbers from McKinsey that showed that, uh, you know, on the average order in which you're paying uh, like 30% commission to the delivery provider, you're ultimately losing uh, about 70 cents. Wow. Really? Yes. The caveat there is that, you know, a lot of those providers are being more flexible now with the commissions. You can, you can choose to pay less. Um, And you can also have your own, first party ordering channels that, uh, lower the cost as well. But if you're just straight up on the marketplace, the the third party drivers are coming to pick up the food and kind of handling all the technology and everything, those aren't very profitable orders.
0: Right. And it's, and and it's not just the restaurants that are profitable on these things either. We still haven't really seen a whole lot of evidence that the delivery companies themselves are profitable.
1: Mm, Yes. Uber Eats uh, is now adjusted a EBITDA uh, <laughs> profitable
0: on delivery. So whatever that means. <laughs> I don't think that means they're profitable. No, no, no. Yeah, that's, uh, you're, you're, you're making adjustments to, to EBITDA numbers, and EBITDA in and of itself is sort of a fuzzy, poorly defined concept. And, but, I mean, uh, you know, that said, I mean, that's probably the closest that we've seen them come yet. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and so they're making some progress. I mean, I still think that, you know, long-term we still don't see, it's hard for me to see sort of a path for true, legit profitability. And that's probably why we're seeing these delivery companies branch so much into, you know, C-stores and some other things. In fact, as we speak, our sister publication, CSP is just writing about Grubhub and 7-Eleven and... You know, so we see that, you know, it's just still unprofitable for the delivery companies. And that's, that's where I remain concerned over the long term for them.
1: Yeah. And as long as it's hard for them to make money, it's probably going to be hard for restaurants to make money using yeah. those services.
0: Are you still convinced that people are going to keep using delivery? And here's why I ask, because another piece of, some more pieces of evidence than we've seen from our, our sister company, Technomic, And uh, from Black Box, it's sort of given me an indication that consumers are really starting to notice the poor quality that they're getting. Mm -hmm. You know, their fries are cold, their foods are cold, it's not as great, it's not as good. You know, at some point, you know, quality is important to consumers, even though they theoretically are accepting it because it's delivery and they know they're getting it after a certain period of time, you start to wonder, you know, if once things get to more normalized environment, if they start pulling back because of that, because they want the higher quality food, what do you think of that? You're a young kid. You like (laughs) delivery.
1: I think food quality is a big issue. And it seems to be based on what I've seen from Technomic, it it does seem to be getting a little worse now Mm -hmm. based on what consumers are saying. I mean, it's just, it's never going to be as good as food that's served in a restaurant or food that you go pick up yourself and have more control over the timing, you know, aside Mm -hmm. from maybe pizza, which is perfect for delivery, but like burgers and fries, I mean, that just, it just doesn't really work. I do think consumers are going to start just being more selective in, in when they use delivery. Um, and well, the other issue is price too. I mean, it's, it's really Mm -hmm. expensive. And what we have seen is, uh, I mean, after delivery grew by, you know, triple digits um, in the first couple of years of the pandemic, last year, it it really started to slow down. Um, I think it only grew, I have some numbers from NPD group that said it grew 17% last year, year over year, you know, which is still growing, but it's starting to stagnate a little bit. And you can see that in the third-party delivery company numbers too. It's, it it may be kind of hitting a ceiling, Mm -hmm. uh, which doesn't uh, bode well necessarily, or maybe it's fine. I mean, maybe this is just the level it's going to be at. It's still a very small chunk of overall restaurant sales, you know, very small.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I, it, it is interesting. And we, we spend in uh, maybe a, a little bit less time now, but uh, we, we spend, we fuss a lot over what is amount, what amounts to be less than 10% of the industry. Yeah. And, you know, overall takeout, you know, like drive-throughs for instance, are a much, much, much bigger part of, mm-hmm. of the overall restaurant. In fact, that's going to be a bigger part going forward, you know, and there are certain, restaurants in certain areas where delivery is absolutely going to be a big deal. Anything near a college campus and, and, you know, in, in a super urban area where getting around in and of itself can be a challenge and, you know, you're willing to pay for people to, 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 you know, get food to you because of that, or, you know, people are extraordinarily busy or things of that nature, but, you know, we are going to see high enough frequency, but I just, it's still so easy to go through a drive through right now at the end of the day. And, you know, that's a, a, a sort of a, a real convenient option for, for a lot of consumers. And I think my bigger concern really is that we're making a lot of decisions based on what has been a temporary situation. The pandemic is, was fundamentally temporary, right? You know, I mean, it's going to go away. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it's going to go away, but it is eventually going to go away, right? And then what happens? You know, I mean, how much of what we have seen over the past two years is permanent? How is it not? And there are a lot of things that make me concerned that some of this deliveries, and I've always been concerned about an eventual delivery pullback. And then what happens? You know, how does You know this influenced a lot of the decisions that companies made, and what happens to the delivery companies themselves, and and things of that nature. That's where I get concerned.
1: I've seen kind of two different stories on that. You know, some reports will show that you know a good chunk of people who started using delivery during the pandemic plan to keep using it or use it more. Mm -hmm. But then you'll see another report that says the exact opposite: that a lot of these late adopters are going to eventually stop using it once things kind of go back to normal so you know a little too early to tell i thought you know over the summer we were kind of starting to see things the the new normal establish itself but you know then we had the two more
0: spikes so Mm -hmm. maybe we'll never know i don't know yeah maybe we won't i think this summer is going to be a real prove it you know assuming that we are at the beginning of what is the post-pandemic environment where the pandemic itself becomes endemic and and then we have to learn to live with it, da-da-da-da-da. And then, you know, people get into a routine. That's where it's kind of going to be a proven situation to me, you know, where we see it. The The other thing I want to ask you, so, I, you know, the Wall Street Journal over the weekend wrote a, a piece and I was able to confirm it that essentially is some interesting things, certainly for you on two fronts. First off is a McDonald's essentially negotiated. What I believe is probably one of the, if not the best deal, the best base rate for delivery, which is 11.6%, but there are so many tiers, it's really complicated. So there is it's a 11.6% for your, your your baseline average delivery person right but there is a 14% rate for their dash pass subscribers and then the other issue is that there are higher rates that McDonald's operators will pay if the service is slow uh, and it can be up to 20% which is you know 20%, by the way, is still actually pretty good when compared to what it used to be when this first started out, it was 30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, obviously this says two things to me. Number one is uh, McDonald's obviously is a huge customer and DoorDash really, really wants to keep McDonald's as a customer because of its immense frequency, which obviously is important for delivery companies, right? But then the other issue is that everybody wants these things, serv- this service to be very quickly. And it matters across the board to the point where McDonald's is willing to accept, you know, these considerably higher rates, uh, you know, for for services that slow. What is, what is your take on this?
1: Um, I mean, I think it's still a pretty big win for McDonald's. Yeah, they're probably going to end up paying a little more on some orders that are slow, which happens. But what was
0: the base rate? 11% or something? 11.6%. Yeah. That's for most customers. I've got to believe that most, most DoorDash users are non subscribers, but I don't know. I'm not familiar with the numbers. Right. That's lower than what
1: an average restaurant could get. I mean, I think the lowest their kind of options go is 15%. Yeah. For, for the average, you know, independent restaurant. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think that's good for McDonald's. Um, and it's probably, I'm sure DoorDash has done all the math and figured, you know, McDonald's has so many restaurants. We,
0: it's probably a, a big chunk of their sales comes from McDonald's. So. Right. Yeah. They're They, you know, it's, it, I mean, McDonald's is by far, you know, more than twice as big as the next largest restaurant chain Starbucks. It's, uh, you know, there are McDonald's everywhere. It drives frequency. And it would seem to me that like for a company like DoorDash, this frequency is really important because you have so many drivers out there and the more deliveries that they can make, ultimately, you know, their profitability to me is still the amount of deliveries your drivers can do in a specified period of time, right? Because If your drivers are sitting around and they're not making deliveries, it's just difficult to get the amount of frequency that they need. They really do need a lot of frequency, Mm -hmm. which explains to me why they're getting into, you know, grocery delivery and C-store delivery and whatever else stuff that they deliver and stuff like that. McDonald's is of, of any restaurant chain out there drives more frequency probably than anybody else. And they're close together. I
1: mean, distance is a big part of it too. And the more that they can densify those networks with grocery stores, C stores, restaurants, if they can deliver from all those places, you know, it's just less distance that uh, the drivers have to travel.
0: To the right. End. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, I think that's one of the when McDonald's jumped into this in 2017 and to me, it was McDonald's did an immense amount to further this trend towards restaurant delivery because they jumped into the business relatively quick in 2017. And that helped fuel Uber Eats in the early days, sort of put this on, you know, once McDonald's does things like this, eventually it it really just sort of takes off. And they've said that because they are so close to the average American is, you know, usually within a couple of miles, from a McDonald's. What, how, how close is the nearest McDonald's to you, by the way?
1: Oh, probably half a mile.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Same. Roughly same. I've got, I've got a McDonald's a half a mile away from me. And then it's uh, also
1: like, then it's like, why are you ordering delivery? You just drive over well, there.
0: <laughs> well, they have a fast drive-through. At the end of yeah. the day, you can go to McDonald's, you can get through the drive-through in relatively short order, and then be home within in a much – I'm not a delivery person, Joe. I mean, I've said not it not on you. this podcast many, many times. I'm one of this percentage, which is one of the things you learn when you talk to Domino's all the time. Is they will tell you that I think it's roughly a third of the population just doesn't like delivery. They're control freaks like me, and I'm one of them. Right. Right. And I just like going to get my own food. I don't like to uh, not, not being in control of when that stuff is going to be delivered to me, which gets back to the issue of speed is really important for a company like DoorDash. They really do actually want to get this stuff delivered. Not simply because obviously it improves the, the efficiency of, for the delivery driver, but it's also important just to make sure that customers keep ordering delivery that they know it's going to get there fast.
1: mm mm-hmm. One of the uh, potential solutions I see for them, and I think this is something all the delivery companies are probably trying to figure out, is how can they, so once they've added all these restaurants, all these grocery stores, all these convenience stores, how can they start uh, bundling those orders so that you could order royal paper towel Mm -hmm. and dish soap and uh, dinner all in one order? One driver picks it up. Mm -hmm. and they're already you know experimenting with this but then you start to get like those network effects and the density and uh that that single order um is more profitable but uh that's really only going to work in some in some markets i think Mm -hmm. close together
0: right right yeah i yeah i don't know it's interesting to see where this is going to me i i think at the end of the day it's I mean, it's it, it, the U.S. in and of itself, the way the country is sort of built out is presents more challenges. And in, in countries like China and and, and in Europe and, and places like that, delivery, well, even New York City and San Francisco, where it's just a lot denser and more urban, it's just easier for these delivery companies to really do very well. But most of the United States is suburban development. And I keep hearing from delivery, well, we get a lot of demand from suburb, suburbs. And yeah, I know, but there's only so many restaurants near you if you're in a suburb and there's only so many, you know, and and there's just only so much. And I I just think that, that, that the way suburban development has occurred over time just makes it difficult to be very efficient and efficiency is what's going to make them profits. Anyway, that's my little rant on that one. I just don't, it's going to be interesting to see where that goes uh, on a countrywide basis. Yeah. um, Over time.
1: I think one demographic that they like is families with, Mm -hmm. with younger kids which when you think about the suburbs, you know, that, that could be a large chunk of that population. That's true. Uh, One thing we hear from Technomic is that it's, uh, you know, millennial women are, are huge delivery users. And part of it's because they're mothers and uh, they're uh, ordering for the whole family, you know, and those mm-hmm. are big orders. So that's good for, for the delivery companies. So that could be part of the suburban uh, strategy there.
0: Right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you talk to parents, that's one thing we don't have is time. And so delivery yeah. saves you on a lot of time. It's, you know, and then you're probably more willing to pay for it. But then again, if you're a parent, you're probably broke because you're spending <laughs> so much money on your day, kid. You can't win. No, you can't. So you're spending a lot more money on, which is going to be the, again, the long-term issue it gets back to that expense issue where and we're spending so much on restaurant food right now. And again, we are willing to spend it because everything else is more expensive, but we're also earning a lot more money and we've just been pumped full of cash with stimulus payments and things like that. But what happens once this goes away, that, that's still a long-term, that's a, that's a concern broadly for the restaurant space, I think, but it's a real big problem for delivery. Cause these orders are costly, cost a lot of money to get food delivered to your home.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's why those, that's why they like those uh, delivery companies are all about those subscription programs like dash yeah. paths, right? Yeah. Those are the frequent users but it's better for the customer. If you're going to use it once a week, you're probably paying off the subscription.
0: It's like 10 bucks or something. So Mm -hmm. they're really leaning into those. Yeah. And it's, it's worth noting that McDonald's is paying a, you know, roughly a three percentage point higher rate for dash pass subscribers and the penalty. Well, I mean, you know, and then the, the increase in, in uh, your rate is also more significant for those DashPass subscribers. You know, that high rate is, that 20% rate is for, for the DashPass subscribers. So they're really, it's just interesting, a much higher rate for those folks.
1: That is interesting. And they're probably thinking, hey, these are the customers that are going to be ordering from you twice a week. So yeah. you pay a little more. Yeah. But that's that is kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, they're the most frequent users, the biggest, the the loyalty. But we're all it's a it's a loyalty world, Joe. That's where we're going. Everything is benefiting the loyalty. Customer. Yeah. I want to get in a couple of other things you wrote. That's sort of on this line. There's we've got DoorDash working on a couple of things. They're getting involved in the actual restaurant business, including vending machines.
1: Yeah. So. You know, they bought this robot company last year, Chowbotics, which makes the Sally robot makes salads. Um, And it sounds like what they want to do with this is sell the robot to restaurants who can either put it in the restaurant and start serving something that they don't already serve. Let's say they can start serving salads, I guess, or I guess the restaurant could brand it. Let's say the restaurant already serves salads. They could brand the robot and put it in a mall or college campus or something like that. Um, But DoorDash is apparently developing some of its own kind of brands to put in the robots. And that's where I kind of am unsure what's going on. Are they intending to operate these things themselves or are they creating brands for restaurants to use? Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, it's hard I don't really know. It seems like maybe they're creating these brands that are just kind of plug and play for restaurants, right? but, uh, you know, it's just yet another service. They offer another revenue stream for them and a way for restaurants to kind of easily start offering a robot without having to do all the legwork.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the, their, their move into, into robotics to me is going to be, is, is worth paying a lot of attention to. You know, it's one thing, you know, when they're getting into the actual business of operating restaurants, or if they're getting into ghost kitchens and you see a clear connection with the delivery and driving frequency, the robotics thing is very fascinating to me. There is definitely an incentive for these delivery companies to help find ways for restaurants to, lower their costs and robots long-term super long-term ultimately a profitability benefit for restaurants because you know you're easing the labor costs and the restaurant industry fundamentally still really does need to find ways to get more efficient and and you know ultimately efficiency is a way that both of these companies are going to win but it's, it's just a really interesting game to me that, well, it's not a game, it's a serious business. So it's a really interesting thing that they're doing over there with, with, with moving into these robotics and things of, of that nature.
1: Well, here's the other thing they did last week is, uh, DoorDash said it would start lending money to restaurants, basically giving them cash advances to spend on rent or buying a new refrigerator Or whatever and then you know they pay it back over time out of their commissions but i think what doordash is doing now you know we think of doordash as a delivery company Mm -hmm. but it's really becoming kind of just a restaurant technology company yeah they can do your deliveries they can also build you a website and process your online orders they can uh, well they can lend you money now they can sell you a robot Um, they can do all kinds of things so you know it's almost like they're starting to compete with the big tech providers and not just the other delivery companies.
0: Yeah. Well, I think their biggest and best service by far is the marketplace Mm -hmm. online. I mean, probably to me, long-term that is, you know, delivery is a means to an end on something like that, but it's that marketplace. When I use DoorDash and I use DoorDash more frequently than anybody else. And it's basically to order food online. More often than not, you know, when I, I have a local pizza place that I like to go to and it's just so easy to order through DoorDash. Like it's, it's really a very well done app. And there's a lot, a lot of that restaurants can learn, but you just have so many selections. Mm-hmm. And ultimately that's where things sort of have to go is you have this online, this app marketplace of restaurants, because there's only so much space on your phone for more apps especially like if you're like me and you have so many videos and photos that you constantly run out of space and Mm -hmm. have to kill some apps and stuff like that. There's very, very few restaurants that I go to so frequently that I want to keep up their apps on my phone. You know, ultimately that market is really where, where that benefit. And you can kind of see where that might be able to branch out into some other things such as lending. Mm -hmm.
1: And that's what a lot of those commissions are paying for, by the way some of it goes to pay for, you know, pay the driver or whatever, but a lot of it, you're just paying to be listed yeah. on the app. Right. But then that's where you see, like, that's where you see all this activity around loyalty because restaurants are saying, don't download the DoorDash app, download our app and we'll give you points and we'll give you deals and we'll we'll get to know you as a customer mm-hmm. and tailor our marketing to you. So that's kind of, what they're, one of the things they're fighting against, right?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's uh, very, very much true. It works. Those things I think to me work for big chains, but I, I just, it's hard for me, you know, the average restaurant, it's just the ease of use of, you know, using the DoorDash app versus going on the web I mean i think you've written wrote a couple of weeks ago on google ordering which actually is probably long term especially for small chains and independents that can't afford these sorts of things. that's really really going to be a long-term benefit to me because google in and of itself is this area where i go to look for restaurants almost everybody has a google app on their phone right now and do you have it the google app yeah no, I just use my browser, but... Of course you do, Percy. Just <laughs> prove me wrong on my own podcast. Edit that out, Kimmy. I use Google. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but you use, use Google, <laughs> right? And then just going in, being able to go into the Google and then order online, if you ever use it, is fantastic. It actually works really, really well. That's sort of maybe, you know, that's a, 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 you know, a benefit. But, you know, for the most part... Right now, going and ordering, you know, and I go back to that pizza restaurant, which, you know, ordering from them is painful unless you go through DoorDash. And Mm -hmm. that's where things really, you know, that's where that DoorDash and companies like that really provide a ton of value. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you can order online from this pizza place, but it's just not easy. It's not easy. No, in a lot of in a lot of companies, you can order online, and you can go through the website and things of that nature. But you know, if you go to a new website, you have to fill in all your information and and things of that nature. You know, whereas with DoorDash, you just got the selection, you have the menu right there in front of you. It's just much easier. And those aggregators really do provide an easy avenue for things like that. That's where really that benefit to me is.
1: That's interesting because. A lot of, I've seen several reports now where they've asked consumers, how do you prefer to order? Mm -hmm. And, and vast majority of them say they prefer to go straight to the restaurant.
0: Sure. Versus the uh, apps. Sure. Well, Uh, yeah, I mean, I would prefer going straight to the restaurant too, but at the end of the day, (laughs) it's just difficult to do.
1: Right. That's what they say, you know, Mm but are they, it's uh, hard to, hard to know.
0: Well, I, I, you know, if you look at the most popular apps still, like, I mean, it's basically McDonald's, Starbucks, and a bunch of delivery. If you look at the most popular food app, I mean, you're going to, it's going to be like DoorDash and Uber Eats and Grubhub and McDonald's and then Starbucks, and roughly in that order. And some, there'll be a mix. I, it's something I check every so often, but those are really roughly what it is. And, you know, so because you have that app on your phone and it's just easy to deal with Mm -hmm. until we figure that out. Again, it gets back to what you said, which is really important. And it's why you're the technology editor at Restaurant Business, because you say cool stuff like Google ordering is a big deal, because it is, in my opinion. Right. Joel, this was fantastic. Appreciate you joining me this week on the podcast. Thanks for having me. And that should do it for this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, which was edited, as always, by Kimberly Kesmeric. artwork by Nico Hines. You may find this and other episodes on our website at www.restaurantbusinessonline.com backslash article backslash deeper dash dive. And you may find them on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Anchor, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. I'm Jonathan Mays, your host, podcast producer, and the editor of Restaurant Business. Thank you for listening.